You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Welcome to Cafe Church, watching in on the live screen, and good to be here today, praise God, and celebrating our national holiday. That song was called Mystery Girl. Anyone know who wrote it? No? Bono and the Edge. It was written by Irish guys, and I thought, you know what, isn't it in... Guys wrote one of the most famous songs about mystery because my message today is called a Celtic mystery. Because of all of the moves of God throughout history, whatever happened on this island seemed to be able to embrace that which we couldn't understand and that which we still don't fully get, and it didn't stir people up. There's music coming through somewhere. Sorry, someone, that, that song is still playing. <laughs> Thank you. It's a mystery. Absolutely, it's a mystery. So I'm going to talk today about a Celtic mystery and look at the early Celtic Christians, what they believed, what their practices were, and what the scripture, the Bible, tells us for today. And how do we approach this whole subject? Because as I begin... I make a declaration, everybody that is listening to me here in this congregation down in Cafe Church, or if you're listening online or on one of the podcasts, everybody has a mystery in their life, something you don't know why it happened, why it's happening, varying a lot here, not sure what's going on. With the, with the sound there, guys. So, the Celtic mystery. Let me begin with scripture and look at uh, what Isaiah the prophet says. But as we begin, I pray, Lord, that your word and your heart would be revealed to us this morning. What is of my flesh may it be forgotten, but what is of your Holy Spirit may it remain in our souls and feed us and nourish us spiritually. Separate flesh from spirit now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is what Isaiah the prophet says. You working there, guys? This is on. Oh, okay. There we go. We turned on? Good. Isaiah 55, my thoughts, says the Lord, are not like yours, and my ways are different from yours. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts and ways higher than yours. If we could get that into our souls, and maybe many of us have done so, it really transforms how we approach our lives. Because in your weekly life and my weekly life, stuff happens and we don't fully know why it's happening. And very often, a lot of people make shipwreck of their faith because they don't understand what's going on in their lives. 
and the one who hates your soul and hates my soul will do everything he can to trip you and me up. And yet when we look at the early Celtic Christians, this wasn't an issue for them. Some people say it was because of the Celtic culture. Others say it was because of the weather. Ireland is an island. It was right out on the edge of the known world. You and I today would think of the ocean as a barrier. But the people who lived uh, one and a half thousand years ago, when Christianity came to Ireland, they saw the ocean as a highway. They saw that they could go different places. It was like a road. But because of the Irish weather and the thick fog, and they didn't have instruments, so they would try and navigate their ships and boats by the stars. But when those stars were blocked out by the clouds and the fog, they just had to pray. And so something began to be embedded in what God was doing here. When we look at the beliefs of the early Celtic Christians, we see some interesting things. And I'm going somewhere with this. So we're told that one of the only, probably the only nation on earth where Christianity came, where there was no bloodshed, was Ireland. So, so many other nations, there was a resistance against Christianity. But the historians tell us that it was so well received, the Christian message, that there was no bloodshed here. And so the Celtic martyrs felt that they were having it too easy, or the Celtic Christians, I should say. And so their theology was that there was different types of martyrdom. You had Namartra Darug, or the Red Martyrs. These were those who shed their blood for the faith. There were many at that time around the world, and there are still those today who give their lives for their faith. But there was very little, if any, of that in Ireland. And the Celtic Christians saw another type of martyrdom. That was Namartra Bond, the white martyrs. This is where you died to your home. And you left your home, your family, your community. And you went away to bring the good news of the gospel. And remember, the only place, if you read the Bible in Polish or Filipino or Igbo or Yoruba or Portuguese, the very fact that you have a written Bible is due to the fact that in Ireland was the only place there were written copies of the Bible for a couple of hundred years. When, our, when Europe was in the Dark Ages, the Bible was carefully nurtured and cherished here in Ireland. And so these guys left their homes and communities and bought the gospel to Switzerland, Germany, Italy, France, England, Scotland, and so on. And they became known as the White Martyrs. They left their homes. The historical account is told of a number of young men back in the 500s who left the south coast here. And they went on their boat into the Celtic Sea, and a storm came, and fog came, and they couldn't see where they were going. And so they surrendered to the Holy Spirit on their boat. And they said, Lord, if we're meant to die, we're meant to die. But you bring us where you want us to go. And so they, for many days, they drifted. And they ended up in what was then known as Cornwellian, Cornwall. And the Christian church in Cornwall traces much of its ancestry to these Celtic Irish Christians who drifted 
on not knowing where they were going and came to Cornwall. That account to me tells me how much that these early Celtic Christians valued mystery. They didn't know where they were going, but they knew God was in control. What about your life? You don't know what's going on and why it's happening and why it's not happening, yet you know God is in control. The final type of Celtic martyrs were Nematrigloss, the green martyrs. We're wearing green today. It's not just fun. There's a bit of spirituality behind it because the Celtic Christians believed if you didn't give your life physically, if you didn't leave your home, but if you stayed at home, if you died to yourself, you were known as a green martyr. You were known as someone who stopped living number one for yourself, but you put Jesus number one, you preferred the needs of others, and yourself last. And these people became known as the green martyrs. These were the real disciples in your local community. And so these were the different types of martyrs, and it tells us how they viewed life. When we think of these guys who embraced mystery and drifted in their boat over to Cornwall, we realize the word that was used an awful lot by the Celtic Christians. They called their life a pilgrimage. Today we see pilgrimage as just a specific short journey. But the Celtic Christians said, all of your life is a pilgrimage on earth. Your home isn't here. Our home is in heaven. Would anyone say amen? amen. Yet we're called to live here. And so our life here was a pilgrimage. Or as they said, Ilirachta. Who can say that? Oh, very good. Let's say it one more time. Ilirachta. You've got to do the... Okay, you're not about to spit. It's legitimate. That's how you pronounce the word. So the Celtic Christians went on Ilarachta, and they would see a pilgrimage through life. And they knew that on their pilgrimage through life, there would be seasons when they wouldn't know why stuff was happening or wasn't happening. And for us today, guys, many of us are in a season like that now. Or perhaps there's a question that's always been in your mind or in your heart as long as you can remember and you can't understand why that happened or why that didn't happen. I love the prayer of Patrick, one of the guys who primarily bought the good news to Ireland. And he wrote this prayer, and just consider how they traveled then. Even if you wanted to go from Cork to Waterford to Dublin, you would have taken a boat. You didn't have a compass or a sextant or any of these tools you relied on the stars you know how often we get fog and mist here and you would drift and accept that God was in control even though you weren't therefore Patrick wrote this prayer the strength of God pilot us God's wisdom instruct us God's hand protect us and God's word direct us what a fantastic prayer for our lives when you think of it that word pilot is a maritime or a nautical term and it's all about God guiding us through the fog and the mist when we don't know where we're going. God knows. The essence of this prayer is being okay with him being in control even though we're not in control. And we love to be in control, don't we? 
Oh, we all like to have a bit of control of our lives. And yet the Lord orchestrates it so that we don't. The Celtic Christians had a fantastic revelation that needs to be brought back into our daily walk today. And that is the revelation that there is mystery in our lives. Yes, we have spiritual laws. Faith alone is how we're saved, by grace. Amen. It's not by good works lest anyone should boast. Yet we're also told of another principle or law, and that is that faith without works is dead. So if you say you have a faith and you never do any good works, you probably don't have a faith. You're just going for a walk or something. So real Christians who've got a faith will do good works in some way or other. And we're told that all of us, whatsoever a man sows, that's what he will reap or she will reap, whether that's for the good or for the evil. And so we have a lot of principles and laws that we should know. But there was something that came in in the Middle Ages and it kept really to the fore until very recently that we could explain everything to do with faith like a scientific formula. And you just throw out a doctrine that would give you a scientific formula uh, to explain everything that happens in our lives. And this became very dangerous. And we had some people who said, if you were really sick, it must be because you've got a sin in your life. Michael was talking about it there recently with Job. And so they oversimplified and reduced the scripture to a dangerous degree that wasn't quite true at all in, in the Bible. Sometimes we don't know the answer. Sometimes in your life, stuff happens, and we don't know why it's happening, or why it's not, and I don't know. When we look through Scripture, from the beginning of our lives to the end, the Lord has already told us this. This isn't some new belief that's not based on God's Word. We're told, for example, Ecclesiastes 11:5, Just as you'll never fully understand the mystery of life forming in the womb, so you'll never understand the mystery at work in all God does. Do we understand life in the womb? We understand an awful lot of it, but we don't understand absolutely everything. In the same way, the way your existence began and mine, that there was an element of mystery there, so it's the same in our lives. There is an element of mystery as we go through life. And some people really struggle in accepting that they're not in control. What Paul, the great writer of the New Testament, said to his apprentice, Timothy, he said, hold on to the mystery of your faith with a clear conscience. 1 Timothy 3.9. In other words, he was saying to Timothy, just because you don't understand events that are going on in your life, don't blow it, Timothy. Don't blow it just because you don't understand it. Keep a clear conscience, Timothy. And he actually says, embrace that sense of mystery that's going on. It's a bit like you can fight the weather or you can go with the weather. And we've gone to hot climates. I struggle with heat. And I struggle with intense sunshine. I'm not comfortable in it. And when I've gone to countries that are very warm, um, 
on holidays and so on. I go there with my natural clock and rhythm of living life here in Northern Europe. And it doesn't work. I love to go for a walk about uh, lunchtime every day if I can. And so when I've gone to very hot climates, I find there's nobody out walking, only me. <laughs> with my little red legs, burnt. My bald head burning. I can't go out walking. It's stupid to do that. You've got to walk early in the morning or late at night. And that's not something I normally do here. So you've got to go with the weather wherever you go. Equally, if you come from a hot climate and you come to live here, you can moan about the weather or you can be wise and go with the weather and learn what do the natives do? How do they cope with the rain? It's the same with the things we don't understand in our lives, guys. We can fight it, we can moan about it, we can even curse it, but it's not going to change anything. God is calling on us to embrace it. I'll always remember years ago, uh, our children were quite small, so this must have been 24, 25 years ago. The keys of the car were lost one day. It was Denise's fault, but the keys of the car were lost. <laughs> And uh, we did have two cars, but this car was the important one because I was going to go on a trip in it. And uh, we couldn't find the keys. We searched the house. We searched the garden. I remember going out to the dustbins, emptying all the dustbins, going through all the guns. I said, where are those keys? I started ringing up anyone who was in the house in the last 24 hours. Did you take my keys? I remember Den Carol McNeil called and Denise said, she stole them, I bet you. <laughs> Car Carol, we're sorry. She'd never do such a thing. But I remember ringing up everyone. I was so angry. I was so frustrated. And we just couldn't get the keys to the car. And so it meant we had to order new keys. It took a few days. And the trip I was going to go on, I had to cancel. I was furious. About, uh, we got the new keys, and then about a week later, Denise went into the hot press or the airing cupboard, we call it the hot press in Ireland, and she took out a sports bag, and there were the keys in the sports bag. Denise was using the No. No. It wasn't my fault. It was your fault. The woman made me do it. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. When I started driving that car, I was just driving around the house, or driving in the town. I was, I was driving just out of the house into the village to get some food or something, and the brakes went. The cable in the brakes was, uh, was close to snapping. If I had gone on the journey, the brakes would have snapped on the motorway or the highway, and I could have been severely injured if not killed, by God's grace. He intervened in our lives. I was furious. I didn't like my plans being interrupted. I was out of control. But thank God I was out of control. There's a silly little illustration of a mystery that was going on in my life. It was Denise's fault. That was just <laughs> unfolding. But God saw the bigger picture. He protected me from myself. That's what he does. So the Celtic Christians bought in a culture in Ireland where 
They spoke to their children and to one another. And it passed down through the generations where you've got to accept stuff that you don't understand. And God knows what we don't know. And it's kind of permeated even to this very day. And I find with Irish people who come to faith, most Irish people are quite okay with accepting a mystery. They don't like it, but they can accept it. Whereas I find some other nationalities really struggle. They want this explained in a formula. I like what uh, the Irish uh, contemporary writer on Celtic Christianity, a man from County Clare called John O'Donoghue, he uh, passed away just a couple of years ago. He just wrote this about friendship, but it brings the point out, sorry. He says, often our friends' secrets are not revealed in words. Instead, they're concealed in the silences between the words. So in other words, when you're with a friend and they're talking, in a lot of cultures, it's all about hearing the words and analyzing it or understanding it. But it grew up in Ireland that it was the silences were, as, were even louder than the words that were spoken. And so this culture of accepting mystery and that everything wasn't just out there in some kind of a scientific formula permeated all through life. And it still permeates through. And this embrace of mystery, we can see it even in the culture here and we can certainly see it in the, the echoes of the Celtic Christian church as it still echoes throughout the Irish Christian churches today. But it's not just Ireland. Anyone who is a thinking believer in Jesus Christ will know this. I like what the great American evangelist, great man of God, Billy Graham, says about those coming to faith. Maybe that's you this morning. You say you've never seen God. Well, I've never seen the wind, but I have seen its effects. There's a mystery to it all. And Billy Graham, who is like a an icon or a spokesperson for what God has done for many years, he himself is even saying this. When we go back to scripture, when we talk about the end of our days, and we can see 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Paul says, let me tell you a wonderful mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be totally changed. He's referring to the second coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. The day will come. The, the, the hope of the Christians in the world. So the dead in Christ will rise first. But those who believe and have died, they will, be, they will rise. But the Christians who are still alive on earth, when Jesus comes back, they, along with the dead, we will all be totally changed from our physical bodies. And the scripture gives us a little detail, but it doesn't tell us the whole amount. And if you ever meet a Christian who will insist he knows it all, he's a weirdo. Or she's a weirdo. They're, they're going beyond what is written and they're really pushy, these kind of people. There's a mystery to some of it. We can't explain everything that's going to hop, happen. The Lord has kept some of it deliberately vague. Why? Because we need it to be vague. He wants us to embrace that sense of mystery. I was talking to someone earlier on, uh, or during the week, about how when I was 17 and in my final year in secondary school, my mother got a brain tumor, and um, I couldn't understand why it was happen happening. I was very angry and afraid, 
And uh, I went through a whole season of anger and fear, and I, I had no answers for it. Thank God she, the, the uh, operation was successful, and she fully recovered and lived a full and a long life. But that brain tumor brought me to faith in Jesus Christ. It was because of that illness. It shocked me into reality. Before that, I was a proud, obnoxious teenager who kept saying, there is no God. But when my mother was about to die or so, I thought I knew there was a God. And so I started praying and I started reading the Bible and I started searching. So the mystery of the illness in my life led to me becoming a Christian about uh, a year and a half later. Hallelujah. So these mysteries that happen are there for a purpose. As I come towards the close, let me quote this beautiful verse from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, 26 and 27. For those who love and serve the Lord, this ancient mystery is being revealed. Christ is now living in each of you, and he is your hope of sharing in God's glory. Or as the old King James puts it, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's an ancient mystery, but it's being revealed. So sometimes the Lord reveals what's going on in mysteries in our lives. There's seasons where he will, and sometimes he won't reveal what's going on in your life and in my life. And so guys, it's very simple really what I want to close with today. How many of us here are willing to say to the Lord, I don't know why that didn't happen. I don't know why that did happen. Or maybe more troubling, I don't know why this is now happening. But I know someone who is in control. I am willing, even like those early Celtic Christians, even like Patrick, to say, oh God, would you pilot my life? Would you lead me through this fog Keep me from the dangers underneath like the rocks and bring me to the harbor that you want me to go in this next part of my pilgrimage in my life. For some of us, it's going to be the first time. Maybe we've never called on the Lord and fully trusted in him. And for many of us, it's as ones who love the Lord and follow him. And the Lord is challenging you and I prophesy it. He's challenging you to embrace that mystery. Because as you embrace it, you're showing your trust in the God who really is in control. You are not an orphan abandoned to the weather. The Lord is looking after you if you love him. So we're going to sing a, a song written by an Irish woman, Moira Nivre Nan, up in St. Mark's in Dublin. Your hand, O oh God, is guided. Your church from age to age. If you could come up, guys. So we're going to sing this then we're going to pray and just allow the Lord maybe to move prophetically for the last little bit of our meeting this morning. Would you stand with me? Can we throw up the words, your hand, O oh God, is guided. Let's sing it to the Lord. And then we're going to do a call for prayer and pray.
hand. Your hand, O oh God, has guided the church from age to age. And the tale of love is written for us on every page. Our fathers knew your goodness, and we your works record. And each of these bears witness, one church, one faith, one Lord. Oh, one church, one faith, one Lord of life, one Father, one Spirit, one Christ. One church, one faith, one Lord of life, one heavenly King, Lord of all. Your mercy never fails us, nor leaves your work undone. With your right hand to help us, the victory shall be won. And then by all creation, your name shall be adored. With earth and heaven singing, one church, one faith, one Lord. Oh, one church, one faith, one Lord of life, one Father, one Spirit, one Christ. One church, one faith, one Lord of life, one heavenly King, Lord of all. Can we all close our eyes on stage and off stage? Every eye in the house closed. If you've never started a pilgrimage, as it were, with the Lord, if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, to begin this adventure with Him, with every eye and eyes closed, could you slip up your and then take your hands down again? Nobody's looking. Okay. 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 Praise God. Just where we stand you can take your hands down we prayed by the power of God that what the Lord has begun in your heart this morning that sense of mystery and drawing you to himself we pray that the Lord would bring you to a where you trust in him and in him alone and that you would begin this journey this pilgrimage in life where you follow the Lord no turning back may the Lord begin and meet you where you're at and may the Lord bless your obedience as he did you Jesus name and everyone said Amen. hallelujah three going on in your life it has it is going on or it isn't going on and you don't know why it's not would you lift up your hand and hand it over to the Lord you're giving the Lord what you don't understand and by giving him what you don't understand you're saying I am okay Lord with you being in control and with me not being in control so if that's you we're going to sing the song again and I'm going to invite you up to the top for the last few minutes would you leave your seats and join us so we can pray with you let's sing just the verse Guided your church from age to age, and the tale of love is written for us on every page. 
fathers knew your goodness and we your works record and each of these bears witness one church one faith one lord i'm sure you've seen it in movies you've seen it in real life but two things happen when someone surrenders usually people put their hands up like that and on other occasions they fall on their knees personally for that which I don't understand going on in my life I'm going to do both so you're welcome to join me to kneel down and lift up your hands but you don't have to if you're not able to but this is how I'm going to pray I believe the Lord is speaking to some of us from James chapter 3 and verse 12. A salt water spring cannot produce drinking water. And I believe the Lord is saying to some of us, this mystery in your life, you're trying to drink from the wrong well. It's like drinking salt water and all it's going to do is make you more thirsty. It's not good. I believe the Lord is saying, some of us here need to reconsider where we're drinking from and allow the Lord to show us the clear drinking water. I'm just going to leave that out there for a few of us as a direction from the Lord. Will we lift our hands, guys? Father, in the palm of our hands, we hand over this mystery in our lives. We don't know why it happened we don't know why it is happening and we don't know why it didn't happen but like those early Celtic Christians who drifted in that boat in the fog and they surrendered pilgrimage steal that question and that mystery and whether you tell us in this life or whether it's the next life, oh God, we embrace the mystery. Jesus, that would show us the path of obedience. And may we walk that pilgrimage road and be the green martyrs, those who die to ourselves, to you by the power I've seen a vision of a go right through someone's door go through your there are some of us like a fist has come through your front door and you're feeling threatened, you're feeling something is up and there's a real live attack right now going on in your life. I believe God wants me to pray with you, but I want to share this scripture to give you courage. The scripture which comes from Isaiah 54. No weapon that is fashioned against shall prosper in Jesus name 
no weapon. So if I could ask us to stand, guys, and if those who have a living attack right now, this is alive today, would you put up your hands? Okay, if that's not you, can I ask you to go to your seats? And could I ask those have that fist through the door forward? Just you as a group. Let's just take the last few minutes. When Denise and I moved to our second home, we saw something very strange in it. We saw a lot of the doors had holes in them. People who the doors chasing if you've got a locked door and a fist has come through the door but we're going to do something far greater today and his name is Jesus guys I don't know that threat in your life but the Lord does O mana ni ni mosoro vetala boshena na noseta ehela morete desira tala o que estava un gendavano moritar cel e basuke dele del pitaro husna no zundro vodala babo kolabata sem and the one who died on Calvary's cross and the one who went and made a mockery of death and the one who rose from the dead says to you this day I stand by your side and look the into your life and into your family and the one who loves you even Jesus is saying right now no weapon that comes against you will the living God is saying to you I will not let you be harmed. Not a hair on your head. Not one single thing shall happen to you because the living God is protecting you and keeping you from evil. And so God, we pray even as we read in the scripture, deliver us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, O oh God. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you will protect us and deliver us. And so may the living God deliver you from all your fears. And may you know that spiritual change in atmosphere right now in Jesus' name. We believe it, we claim it, and we acknowledge that the one who goes before us is Jesus of Nazareth. And he keeps us safe by his power in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Praise God. Let's stand, stay at our seats, and let's sing out this song as we face the week. Hallelujah. One church, one faith, one Lord of life, one Father, one Spirit, one Christ. One church, one faith, one Lord of life.
life, one heavenly, oh, one church, one faith, one Lord of life, one Father, one Spirit, one Christ, one church, one faith, one Lord of life, one heavenly, oh, one church, one faith, one Lord of life, one Father, one Spirit, one Christ, one church, one faith, one Lord of life, one heavenly King, Lord of all. The results of the vote last week were 96% yes for the deacons, 99% yes for the pastors. We are humbled and we are honored that you have asked us to serve for another four years. And we take that responsibility seriously, but with great joy as well. So thank you for trusting us. Will we close in prayer? Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands one last time. We pray, O oh God, that this coming week, we would know that sense of the Spirit of God leading us. They that are called the sons and daughters of God, shall be led by the Spirit of God. So pilot us this coming week. Protect us this coming week. Direct us this coming week. And keep us safe, O oh God. In Anamon Aher, Augustan Vic, Augustan Spirit Nave. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Coffee and tea upstairs. Do stay. Hope to see you Tuesday night. The guys are going to sing us out. Your mercy never fails us, nor leaves your work undone. And with your right hand to help us, the victory shall be won. Then by all creation, your name shall be adored. With earth and heaven singing, one church, one faith, one Lord. One church, one faith, one Lord of life. One Father, one Spirit, one Christ. Oh, one church, one faith, one Lord of life. One heavenly King. Oh, one church, one faith, one Lord of life. One Father, one Spirit, one Christ. One church, one faith, one Lord of life, one heavenly King, Lord of all. Our glacial war.